This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. I like turtles. Plus, the Hollywood strikes inspire Marvel VFX workers to unionize. Barbie crosses a huge box office milestone, new Fantastic Four casting rumors, and more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, August 7th, 2023. Hey, this is for the Jock and Nerd Podcast. This is Simon Rex, a.k.a. Dirt Nasty, baby. You know, I like to listen to the Jock and Nerd podcast when I'm driving to work. Wait a minute, I don't have a job. So I like to listen to it when I'm driving to your mama's house. Ha <laughs> ha. You tired of boring podcast shows? These guys at Jock and the Nerd are the funniest, most entertaining nerds on earth. So check it out, baby dick. What is up, listener? How you doing? Thanks for pressing play, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And joining us, he loves pizza, he loves nunchucks, he is most definitely a product of some kind of mutation. It's old man mutant ninja felty rug boy. What's up, rugs? What's up, cowabunga? <laughs> cowabunga hole, dude. Cowabunga hole. Pee pee for exactly. my I haven't heard window. someone say bug hole, bung hole in a long time. <laughs> bung hole. Oh, pee pee for my bung hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pee pee <laughs> for my bung hole. All ah. about Beavis and Butthead in the 90s, the heyday of MTV, as we all know. Yeah, look up Cornolio. It's great. I, wore, I actually went out this past weekend and wore an MTV shirt. You did? Where did you wear this MTV shirt, Anthony? I went to a show, a Diplo show at the the Salt Shed, this new venue in Chicago. Oh, you remember, you remember the Morton Salt Shed on the yeah, highway? Yeah, yeah, that big. So that was a concert uh, yeah, venue. Yeah, you would drive down. There was a big warehouse. It would say Morton. It had the Salt Girl on it. The it's now a concert venue. Whoa, that's a big. That's yeah, a big warehouse. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Did you get any MTV reactions shirt? to your MTV shirt? Were people like, "What is that, you old man?" I don't, I don't think anyone cared that I was. <laughs> Are you a boomer? <laughs> I don't think anyone knew or cared. Look at that guy. He's ironically wearing an MTV shirt. I don't think it was ironic. No. I, was, I lived it. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, he watched Road Rules. I, I watched a Road Rules in Real World and TRL. I wa- listen, yo MTV raps. I watched up until that show got taken off the air, and then I was like, 120 oh, minutes. Oh, 120 minutes. Matt Pinfield was it? Yes, that's right. Uh, uh, yeah, MTV. Remember when it was about music? It's still around. See, I, I caught MTV when it was transitioning from music yeah. to other stuff. It became like reality TV with yep. Jersey Shore and whatever. Yeah, all that shit. Guidos. <laughs> Still the, around. Uh, Laguna Beach. Then it became Laguna Beach and the OC. And our, uh, yeah, all that Ooh, shit. So uh, I wonder who their target audience is right now. Does it exist? I don't think it exists. It's still it? around. Yeah, MTV is still around. There may be this. I don't know what's on there. It's still a channel. I, I know they still somewhere. do the... Um, challenge stuff i don't know what else is on there yeah now. i saw some of that coming back like all-star the challenge can you look VMAs? up what their programming is on the tv guide Let's you see. can but i'm not going to because i don't care anymore anyways let's right, get <laughs> let us know if you still watch mtv but for now let's get to the news you bastards the jock and nerd podcast 
Whoa, Hollywood strike update time. Well, the WGA, the writers have now been on strike for 97 days. The last week, word came that they, uh, the AMPTP had agreed to meet with WGA leadership this past Friday. Got a lot of people excited, right? This could mean something. On the Friday, thousands of picketers from SAG and WGA, I have a photo in the show notes here, out on the streets in front of Universal. This is a wild photo. There's like lots of people in this photo. This is day 95 of this fucking strike. And they picked Universal uh, for a reason. I don't know if you guys heard of the tree gate uh, thing that they were doing. Anybody hear nope. about this? No, I, I don't hear about anything. This, this, <laughs> this show is... How I get these updates, so, so please is, explain. Okay, Universal was putting scaffolding and like construction barriers in front of their studios on the sidewalk, but there was no construction, and they were they apparently cut down a bunch of trees that were providing shade to the picketers. They cut them down, <laughs> being all petty. L.A. County has since fined Universal a whopping two hundred and fifty. That's it. They got fined $250 because I believe the trees were like on the street. It wasn't on private property, whatever. But on Friday, they cleared the streets. They showed out in force. And the, the AMPTP WJ meeting did go on. What happened? Well, headline comes out. Uh, WGA and AMPTP can't agree to resume negotiations. Strike to go on indefinitely. So they it says here they failed to reach an agreement to resume contract negotiations they can't even agree to start talking apparently again so nothing happened unfortunately uh and a lot of people saying no end in sight to this almost 100 day strike so we'll see what happens with that how much <laughs> not much. like anything really happened. Yeah, nothing happened there, which is surprising. Uh, meanwhile, on the actor side, SAG, they have been on strike 25 days. Uh, we talked about last week The Rock donating seven figures to the SAG fund. I'm going to read you a list of celebrities right now. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio, Nicole Kidman, Julia Roberts, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Meryl Streep, Oprah Winfrey, George and Amal Clooney, Luciana and Matt Damon, Jennifer Lopez, Ben Affleck, Hugh Jackman. Deborah Lee Furness and Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively all followed up and donated about a million dollars oh, to that same fund. They raised like $15 million in the past week, apparently. Wow. So good for them. Look at The Rock leading the way. That's what needs to be done. They needed to keep doing this. So that can help them now wait out the studio. What a about bit the rich ass writers that need to? Hook up the writers. Who 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 is the highest paid writer though? Who would you like a? Who would that even Shane be? Black. Like, I don't know. David Goyer. A Goyer is he like? Top? I don't know if the writers are as rich. Yeah, I can't even think about who would they be. probably get. They probably get like money though. Well, apparently not enough if they're on strike. Yeah, let's see. The yeah, I that, no, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, like Chris McQuarrie is a writer, and like there's writer directors. So supposedly David Goyer net worth cool. is nine million. It is Goyer. Wow. So I mean, it's not like super duper that's rich, not, but yeah, that's not. I mean, that's he's he's rich, but he probably can't donate a million dollars. That's yeah. No, he probably can maybe maybe a couple grand. Right. I mean, that's we'll not, not. Yeah, it's not like a Kidman or I mean, a DiCaprio. Like, yeah, I, I, I could see him. 
I guess someone with that kind of wealth easily just like wiping their ass with 30 grand. Sure. Yeah. Every little bit helps, right? Send them a hundred bucks. It's going to help. Here's the biggest thing that happened to just posted just today, this evening, apparently uh, reporting by Vulture, uh, a group of 50 Marvel visual effects employees are now filing a petition to, uh, to be uh, to unionize. They want to join IATSE. Oh, shit. they want the protections that IATSE has its crew members. IATSE, of course, is like costume designer they're they're all the oh. crew people like okay. costume designers makeup artists grips you know like are the john Bellatis of the world i mean that that's a no-brainer yeah because well, uh after all the fucking shit they've been getting in they don't get the same protections they're worked long hours and uh uh and could be fired just like that so i'm surprised like visual effects i think it said it's been around 50 years and they've never had any kind of union. you need to yes now they see what is going on? These labor movements all over the world. I think it's good because this it's hurting the product the way these guys are being treated and people are quitting and, and uh, burning out. Yeah. And you can, you can tell the quality is just not as good. Yeah. Which is uh, when we get to the movie, we review. It's interesting. Those guys wanted to make sure that the animators. I feel like a, a the studios are just waiting for AI to get good enough where they didn't need them anymore. <laughs> Well, that's that's part of the. I mean, that's a lot of the reason why yeah. these strikes are happening, right? Is AI, what that means, how that affect, affects their pay. So, this has been. I mean, we we've talked about it. It's. it's I, I hate. It's not fun talking about this because there's just nothing new that's coming up. But no they, good this news is what, yet. This has been needed. But yeah, it is interesting to see. Hopefully, the hopefully shift. they can take the long stand. Yeah. I mean, I don't we'll think see. I would expect this thing to go on another couple of months, maybe into the end of the year at least. I oh, don't yeah. know. Is that your projection, projection, Mister Imran? I'm gonna say fucking insider over I'm here. I'm gonna say <laughs> November of next year. No, I don't. I don't know. But the way, like, they can't even agree to talk about things. So, how's the quarters work again? What's the what's the next quarter uh, that's gonna be? Oh, up? we just had a, a quarter, a second quarter, and a quarter just happened. Didn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, so uh, Zaslav, the HBO Discovery CEO, he said that they have saved a hundred million dollars so far during the strike. He's bragging about that. Uh, well, but, yeah. no, I did hear that. I, I don't know. He, he didn't say that. It was uh, it was the CFO that said. Oh, that. okay, yeah. okay. Well, that's a spin. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think it was him that specifically said it was someone. One of the higher ups there was yeah saying that they oh saved CFO Gunner Weedenfels yeah. essentially bragged they've saved somewhere. Meanwhile, though, the numbers come out and Max, after the merger with Discovery, lost one point eight million subscribers. In the past, Max quarter. is about to start adding live sports. Just oh, really? So they, Which, they're, yeah, they're, I just read that they're banking on uh, what are they getting? That. I think baseball, bat, like a bunch of different stuff. They're going to put it underneath their Bleacher Report brand. Wow. This is getting as as uh, spread apart as like movies now, though, Anthony. Don't you think like these different streaming things have different sports rights? And you have to be like, yep. if I want to watch baseball, I got to go here. If I got to watch soccer, I watch football, I got to go yep. here. Is it confusing at all or is it make it easier to watch these things? But no, it's, it's definitely confusing. And um, yeah, I, I don't know that it's 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 great for anybody. Um, yeah, we'll we'll have to see how this all plays out because I, I think a lot of the streamers, I mean, they're still losing money. So, oh yeah, the streaming. I don't know how long yeah. this can all go before the just investors just completely pull the plug on this stuff? 
that's the thing. They need to cut their losses now because clearly they try. Everybody tried, and now they're not willing to go all in, and everybody's freaking out. Even Disney. Even Disney is freaking out. I mean, Disney's cut stuff. and If Disney couldn't make Disney Plus a go, like nobody else is going to be able to, to be successful outside of the Netflix who started it all. It's kind of crazy. Right. So, yeah, everybody's cutting workers and cutting things. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Anyways, listener, let us know what you think about all this. Join the conversation. You can join our Facebook group It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Jock and Nerd. It is an exclusive closed group just for you guys. Uh, and then again, I got got to do a Barbenheimer update because Barbie has crossed another huge fucking milestone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is now made over $1 billion oh, shit. in just 18 days, making Greta Gerwig the first solo female director with a billion dollar movie. That's fucking wild. $1.03 billion worldwide. And it's only been three weeks. Where does this thing top out? Super Mario Brothers right now has $1.5 billion top grossing this year. I think it could b- get there and pass Super Mario Brothers. Uh, what do you guys think? Does it deserve a billion? Does it deserve a billion? Or yeah, what does this mean? It's crazy. Well, oh, I mean, uh, it's a weird question. Am I? Does it deserve? <laughs> a, it deserves whatever people want to pay for it. I, I guess think it but, deserves um, a billion. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, I think what what is a uh, what did Bar- Mario Brothers end at? Sorry, one point five something. One point one and a half billion. I mean, potentially. I don't know. I have to really predict. I know you're asking for an answer there. I don't have anything. The fact that this occurred, that there's a billion-dollar movie based on Barbie. Yeah. I wonder what the studios, because this is what happens. All of a sudden, a billion-dollar movie happens, and all the studios are like, how do we do this again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they don't even know how it happened in the first place. <laughs> like, what What was it? Is it yeah. the all of the man-hating, or is it is it all of <laughs> Or is it like the fact that it's like this beloved uh, IP? Like this toy that people grew up with, it's part of people's childhood. Yeah, it's a combination. It this, is it uh like what is like what is it that's in Barbie that made it a billion dollar movie? Is it Margot Robbie? Is it is it Gerwig's uh, point? Is it view. the musical numbers? Is it is it is, is it the fantasy? This bright because like all of these uh, female oriented characters in the past ten years have all been like these like uh, I don't know the. Like Ray and like Captain Marvel and right. all these like scowling. I mean, you have Gal Gadot, who's Wonder Woman, who was actually kind of cool. But um, this is like a very colorful, girly movie, right? right. So it's not like uh, um, like a like a superhero movie with a girl in it. Like I don't think I don't think that many people are into that uh, idea. I don't, think people are, I don't think people are into the idea of a superhero, a female superhero that has no personality and isn't a real person. I think the, yeah. like the Rays and the Captain Marvels of the world are just what Hollywood thinks strong yeah. women should be. Right. And that's but that's not a real person. It's just a woman that's infallible that can do anything at any time. Yeah, it's, it's not really a person. And you have a doll that literally has no personality, but has more personality than those characters <laughs> that they tried true. to make. It's amazing. Right. So I think I think to that question, I think to like what what happened, I think it's just all the everything you listed, I think it's all of those yeah. things. I don't think we can point to any one thing. I think it's IP, 
it became a mega event with yep. Oppenheimer. I mean, you see people in the theater. You see men dressed in pink going to the theater. Repeat right? viewings. So, people are coming back over and over again. It's a, it's a it's a movie worth talking about. I mean, we had a pretty awesome discussion yep. about it, regardless yep. of how you feel. Yeah, people liked it. You had a good director behind it, big ca- a good cast, and you had the Oppenheimer thing and all the, all the above. I mean, I don't know what the what the lesson is. I think the lesson is like. Just make a good movie about something that we haven't seen before. I think that might be one of the things, but yeah. I don't think there's any straight I don't lesson. Think, I don't think Hollywood's going to learn no, that. They're, they're pretty gonna, no. They're going to no, think they're already. I mean, they're already greenlighting. I mean, they're like Mattel is going to do a whole bunch of different movies. Like now. it's time for Polly Pocket to rise. <laughs> like let's do a strawberry shortcake movie and make her fucking hate they're, vegetables. They're, yeah, let's <laughs> do uh, let's do Uno the movie. Uh, Uno, yeah, it's a card game. We'll turn them into people. Great, done. Here's some money. I I don't uh, I don't think they're gonna come away with the right lesson. They never do. Meanwhile, Oppenheimer uh, worldwide has crossed half a billion dollars, five hundred and fifty six million. I'm looking at that now. For fucking, you know what's funny that's crazy. Too? I'm looking at the worldwide numbers now. That's why it took me a bit to get going here. But Fast X considered a disappointment here. Yeah, one forty five. But worldwide total seven hundred four million dollars. Wow, eighty percent of its box office came from foreign. Yeah, yeah, and that's usually when. Movies do well, like for instance, Super Mario Brothers, Barbie, both about forty four percent domestic, and the rest foreign. So, yeah, huge, huge dichotomy there in terms of what people liked um, about that movie. And similar, like Mission Impossible, which is only done one fifty one here, is almost five hundred million worldwide. Seven, almost seventy percent of its box office is foreign, and that's not bad for that Mission Impossible. Even though it got screwed after a week, it's still it got screwed with the where it's at. But, yeah, but um, and that had a three hundred million dollar budget. But I, you know, it never. I never understood how Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. What do you mean you didn't understand? It's very easy. I don't, still don't understand. But you know why? Why that movie? it came out at the legitimately the best time you could ever release a Marvel movie. Oh, it was in between Infinity War and Endgame. Oh shit, that's right. I totally forgot about that. The mm. hype that would that would that was it the absolute best time yeah. you could ever release a movie, and it was. A direct lead into Endgame and the marketing was all like, hey, if you're a female and you don't see this, you're yeah. like a loser. Yeah. Well, I think there's another thing. There's another aspect that we don't really talk about much. And it's the Marvel fan versus the DC fan. Mm. Yeah. So they're like, oh, the Marvel like Wonder Woman, like essential female strong character is coming out. So, right. We have to support. We need we need we need to support it. Yeah, there was a right. There was that Wonder Woman. There, there was a whole reaction. like rallying cry around. Yeah. Like little girls feeling empowered to see the movie higher, further, faster, baby. And again, it again you there, there's you had it leading into Endgame. That's true. The sad thing is that no one's a Captain Marvel fan except for Kamala Khan, who's a fictional character. I mean, it's unfortunate. <laughs> there is no girl. Yeah, like no, I no can't one. find me a real person that has pictures on the wall like Kamala Khan yeah. has of uh, of Brie Larson. That's why that when they re- when they decided to do that show, yeah. I, I like the casting of Kamala Khan. Yeah, but I was like, this is a really weird thing to d- already be pushing because, like Rug said, no one. No one was a fan of Captain no. Marvel. And not only that, she was only around for like one movie yeah, in the ni- in, in which the was 90s. in the 90s. Yeah. How does anybody so know? So how would that girl grow up to be a fan of her? It would make sense if you know the girl had comic book versions of like you could be a fan of the, but yeah, in in that reality they should All this to say is yeah. the Marvels. Yeah. 
might be a disappointment. Did, by the way, did you, did you notice on Saturday, ABC showed the first three episodes of Miss Marvel on linear network television? Yeah, but wasn't it like 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday? No, it was like seven. It was prime time. It was this prime oh, really? time, seven to 10 o'clock slot, seven, eight, nine okay. here in central time. Interesting. But then they ran, of course, the Marvel's commercials in there trying to get people excited and into it or whatever. I don't know if it worked, but I was like, oh, I watched it again. I was like, Oh, the show was so much fun. It was just well, it's because it was the lowest watched Marvel. Yeah, show. nobody watched that. Fuck it. And, but, and yeah, but, you know, as we've discussed, the Marvels is a sequel to like five things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody watched Secret Invasion either. That's even lower. So good luck. That's good also luck a lead with the Marvels. This. Yeah, I don't know if there'll be another billion dollar movie this year. No, I can, I can. That's the I will discussion. definitively say that movie's yeah. not making a billion. Dollars. Not that one. What about Dune Two? I don't think that makes a billion. And there's really nothing else. No Dune. No. Yeah, I don't think the rest of the year you're getting a billion dollars. I, I don't think Dune is going to make more money than the first Dune because you have to watch the first one. I mean, it, yeah, no chance. Dune. The first one made four hundred two worldwide. Yeah. So like total. Yeah. So let's say like however many people watched it in the box in the box office. Maybe a few people watched it on on streaming, but like I don't think it's enough to make a like double it for 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 example. A lot of people find that first movie a little boring. I you know you know I well, I, I don't blame them. I can see why. So, <laughs> since we're on the movie thing, I'm yeah. going to spoil a little bit of what I'm going to say later. Oh okay. This like month, yeah, or like four to five weeks, yeah. Pretty nice string of movies. Top notch, yeah, a lot of fun, yeah. I think, and then a lot of lot, a lot of variety, a lot of different yeah. ideas, yeah. things on screen done, like new things you're kind of seeing, new ways of it of uh, putting things out there. So almost like it's the about fucking nineties again, and now we reach the dry spell. August is right. traditionally garbage, so ain't nothing coming out for a while. Let's see if the theaters, uh, theaters overall, apparently I read $6 billion box office total, which is up like 25% from last year at the same time. I mean, hell, I saw when I saw Teenage Mutant Turtle yesterday at 730, while my theater wasn't packed, there was still like a buzz. And I, I think there were still a lot of people seeing Barbie. Yes, and there were. Too. Me too. And I went too. There was a lot of people in my theater, but there was a yeah, lot there of people. Yeah, there was Barbie people. But people still, too. a lot of theaters are sold out. People are still seeing Barbie, having a hard find, time finding tickets to Barbie. It is. So wait, here's my question. Does Barbie get to a billion without Barbenheimer? Without Oppenheimer? I don't, I don't think so. Right? It's all these things combined. They're all clever them, marketing, yeah. the intrigue about what this movie is, and then the whole Barbenheimer thing. No, nah, it's a fluke. It's a yeah. fluke. You can't do a this. Little bit, a little bit of a fluke. I agree. I don't think this is something you can replicate. Yeah. So, like, in a, in a normal, if there was no Oppenheimer, does Barbie make a billion? I don't. I don't, well, I don't. Let me ask you guys that we're, no. we're on the box office. Why do you think Super Mario Brothers became such a big hit? Uh I don't know. I because I didn't even see it. I I was going to talk about this and what are we watching? I watched it. It's available on Peacock now. Just I, I this should probably week. watch it. And it's all right. It was all right. It was cute. It was nostalgic. But it's not like a new animation style. We've seen yeah, that animation right? style, right? Yep. It's was it? I, I, the reviews were mid. I don't think that it needed to be new. It just needed to be good. It just needed to bring. Mario into a movie that people can enjoy yeah. uh, and, and that's exactly what it did it was like a very lighthearted kind of bringing the video game to life type thing and I think that kids that's all they want they don't have very high expectations so kids love Mario because yeah. 90% of the games that they start out playing on that, on that Nintendo Switch yep. and that's mm -hmm. what like a large portion of kids are, are playing on is that Switch 
So, like, that's all tied into the success of Mario. Movie. And I, that's pretty much it. Like, I'm I am surprised and not surprised because it is a family movie. And all they had to do was cater to the kids and make it look decent. And they haven't really made a good Mario theatrical thing ever. So you just had to uh, be uh, adequate. It just had to be decent. And it is a fun movie. There's a lot of Easter eggs. There's a lot. It reminds you of the game. But. A billion dollars. And it was just, it was fine. It was all right. The Peaches song is funny. The voice acting is fine. It's Chris Pratt with like a slight New York accent. Uh, it was fine. Well, so just, just for reference. So this year for billion dollar movies, we got two. Yeah. Probably going to end at two. Yeah. 2022, you had three Avatar, Top Gun, Maverick, Jurassic World, Dominion, and then uh, Dr. Strange almost got there. Oh. Uh, 2021. I'm just I'm trying to do a tell the story here of the decline of the theaters. Yeah. 2021, obviously, Spider-Man: No Way Home. That was it. 2020 is a wash. Yeah, but in 2019, oh boy, there's a all bunch, this shit a, hit a bunch. I bet you had nine no, billion dollar movies. What? what? Oh shit! <laughs> Half of those are Marvel movies, I imagine. You want me to read them? Real yes. Quick? Avengers: Endgame, Lion King, Frozen Two, Spider-Man: Far From Home, Captain Marvel, Joker, Star Wars Episode Six, Toy Story Four, Aladdin. Wow. Toy Story 4 made a billion and a lot. Yeah, those all did. I forgot that Spider-Man Mostly movie did. Mostly all Disney stuff. And now that's nine. And now we're like, holy shit, there's two movies now we're two, yeah. <laughs> with billion dollars. Two, not, not Disney, neither. No, and not a Marvel. Yeah, not a Marvel or a Disney joint. And yeah. I mean, the whole industry is slowly. Look at how long it's taken to recover. From, I mean, and you can't even say it really has. recovered. No, it's still on. It's still recovering. Right, it's gonna take years well, in the, at this pace. Jesus, do we do we have a three billion dollar movie? Uh, like where three movies make a billion this year? No, no. Like, do you think that's in the cards for next year or another year? Oh, we gotta no. work back up one We're, movie at a time. I don't know. I mean, the thing is, so I don't know because I wouldn't have predicted Barbier. What do we have on the schedule that's coming up that should be a that could be a billion dollar movie? I mean, what this year and next year, the schedule's fucked. People are moving yeah, yeah. things. You're not, nothing's gonna. Like Aquaman's not gonna make a billion. No, even yeah, though that Aquaman. first one made a billion, you would think the second one, no, no chance. Yeah, Aquaman. The uh, fact that Aquaman made a billion. That also makes no sense. Yeah. There's the a Hunger Games movie coming out. Oh, that, yeah, one, of, but none of those have broken a billion. They've gotten oh, no. to like okay. 800. No, I think that that actress fucked up. With uh, Snow White and he's getting bad press now. So oh bad. yeah, the, oh, uh, that's that that's Snow White, the, we- the West Side <laughs> the Story girl castings. Oh, oh that dude, oh boy. But does anybody care about the Hunger Games? I'm surprised they're still making Hunger Games. But, uh, Did you see the cast as Snow White and Seven Dwarfs? <laughs> the, the, the dwarfs. Yeah, no. What are they? There's only like one real little person yeah. in the cast. Well, in the have you seen the the Wonka trailer? Uh, with Timothy Chalamet. Well, they got Hugh Grant as an Oompa Loompa instead of there was real little people in the first Wonka. And Gene I, 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 I saw I saw the the one. Uh, what's his name? Piers Morgan. Had yeah, a, they're mad about had that. A, like too. a little person yeah, on his yeah. show. Like, look at this. They're Hollywood's even taking it from the little. People. See, it's just, I told you Colin Firth or Colin. What's his name as Penguin in a fat suit? They're taking away jobs from little people, fat people, ugly people. It's a fucking <laughs> conspiracy. Just, no, they're not. There's plenty of ugly people on film. <laughs> Are yeah. there? Yeah, there's plenty. There's definitely a lot of ugly people. I don't see the I mean, Ron, you have as good a chance as anyone again. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice <laughs> oh, of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's the nicest thing he's ever said to me. You're, I mean, you're, ugly, you're hot. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> oh, 
Imran is All beautiful. Right. Speaking of beautiful people, I want to talk about some MCU casting. Godzilla rumors. versus Kong, New Empire. Oh, what ain't got it? What about billion that? Dollar movie. A billion dollars? You think so? Is that coming <laughs> no. out next year? I don't know. It is twenty fourteen. None of the Godzilla movies made it close to a billion. No. No, nope, but Godzilla vs. Kong is credited as one of the movies that helped bring back people to go into the theaters. Yeah, I wonder. No, it's there's, possible. There's not a lot. How, what, did, what, did, what did that do? Godzilla vs. Kong? 20 wise. 400 something. 500? F- 470. Oh, 470. Between four, okay. During 100 COVID. Million here. During COVID. Three, yeah, 370 worldwide. Or 370 at the other places. Yeah, it came Man. out March 21st, 31st, 2021. That was... I don't even think the shot was out yet for everybody. No. Well, no, I think they just came out because I remember when I went to the theater, I was like dressed like a mummy. <laughs> it was a plastic wrap, bubble yeah. wrap, plastic bag on his head. I was breathing my own CO2. Yeah, I was breathing my own CO2. Oxygen tank and shit. I am breathing this air. Fuck you. Play the movie. <laughs> that is the funniest image. That is, that's a funny image. <laughs> okay. Movie guy. Right, enough about movies. Enough Let's about, talk more about movies. We got more movies. MCU, fantastic forecasting rumors. These rumors are not gone down, gone away. But according to the Hot Mike podcast, Jeff Snyder writes for Above the Line. Uh, Does he ever write? Yeah. No. Are you, you quote him all the time? Is he actually right? Yeah, yeah. He has a website called AboveTheLine.com where he posts these scoops. Okay. So he is a writer. John Roca is the host, of course. He was on, had a big scoop. He pretty much says it is like a 95% lock that Vanessa Kirby is playing Sue Storm. Geek boner. And the Fantastic Four. And they want to, uh, the she's going to be the the lead, like the focus. The movie's going to revolve around oh, Sue Storm, apparently. So, but not Margot Robbie. Vanessa Kirby may have locked in that role. And then Johnny Storm. Uh, the the he got his names confused. J J Q initials. You will see articles saying Jack Quaid, but it's not. It's Johnny Quinn, who is in Stranger Things. He played Eddie in Stranger Things. Rugs the last season. You know he played the guitar. He's going to be the Human Torch. He he apparently is going to be the Human Torch. Also, uh, that dude from uh, Andor and the Bear, Ebon Moss Backrack, who's a great actor. Uh, might be a not Galactus or Silver Surfer, but Terex, another Terex. Yeah. As far as and then the other rumor is that it it is reportedly being. This is from uh different uh beyond the trailer. Uh, it's going to be set in the sixties. And I think I called that a long time ago. Yeah, I think we did uh talk about that. It should start in the sixties, and then they will find their way into the yeah. Present. They go through a wormhole, and then they come back here. That would make sense. That would make sense. And then, like, maybe, like, Galactus, it has to find them through the wormhole. Like, they're fighting him, and they escape, and then they're in the present. That would work. I'd buy that. That'd be kind of cool. For a dollar? I'd buy that for a dollar. Uh, (laughs) Regarding the Reed Richard uh, rumors, so we talked about, at one point, Adam Driver was apparently a lock. And then I see stories where Adam Driver says, I passed on the role. I couldn't connect with the character or the script. But apparently, Adam Driver is still in the mix. Matt Smith also rumored to be in the mix for Reed Richards and Dev Patel uh, on the short for list for, for Reed, Reed Richards. I would do a Dev Patel Reed Richards. Come on, make a brown guy that fucking Reed Richards. Be fantastic. Richard Barker. <laughs> <laughs> I like Vanessa Kirby. 
Vanessa Kirby, I think, is going to be great as Sue Storm if this is true. She, we just saw her in the Mission Impossible. She's great. She Only thing is, was she like forty already? No, is she? Doesn't matter. Yeah, I think she she can play young. Up there. I mean, she looks hard. She looks great, but I think she's pretty old. No, she, I mean that's not old. But. She is thirty five. You fuck. That's oh, okay. not old. Yeah, that's it. Things are dried that's, up that's, by then. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. She's done. Stick a fork in her. Just um, kidding. She still looks great. Yeah. Jack Quaid may also be in the movie just as some somebody else. But there you go. So I don't know. I don't know when they're going to announce. Well, we this. don't even know when it's going to film. Oh, like, I we know. can't do anything right now, right? I so. think the script is I think done. Jack Quaid would make a good Reed Richards. Jack I don't Quaid, understand why. He, yeah. He's a little goofy, though. Like, he does good with. You need to. Like, the he plays good, goofy. But people. I think Reed Richards is goofy. You think? Well, well, I would like Jack Quaid as Reed Richards. He's been everywhere. He's on uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. I saw him in a bunch of things in, in another Star Trek show. Wasn't he in? Uh, was he in Mission? He Impossible? was in Oppenheimer. He was in Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's He's right. there. I'm like fucking Jack Wade. Where did I? I was like, what movie did I just, just see saw him? him in? Yeah. Yeah. He is. Uh, yeah. When he popped up in there, I'm like, fucking Jack Wade gets around. He's in fucking everything right now. So that I thought interesting rumors. We'll see if the Vanessa Kirby thing is true, but usually he is accurate let's move on to some dc casting rumors did you see this article apparently gal gadot yeah has said that she's working with peter gunn and saffron to develop james gunn or peter oh sorry peter james gunn peter saffron he's working with gunn and saffron to develop a wonder woman 3 which is very strange they have not recast her she is still wonder woman now remember patty jenkins had a three and then James Gunn looked at that script and he's like, nah, they're not doing this. And she's like, all right, I'm out. And she leaves. Uh, but Gal Gadot is still around. Uh, what do you guys think? Should they keep Gal, even though is she going to be the only one they keep? They, you know, they, Henry Cavill was, he doesn't like Cavill. He could have still reused Cavill, maybe, and Affleck, no, but keep the Gal. It's a little confusing. Yeah, I don't, I don't get this, but. This is James Gunn. I don't get anything he's doing, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> he does have interesting choices. Like, nothing makes any sense that he's done. He got rid of Cavill. He uh, ended all this stuff. And he's redoing, rebooting, but not rebooting everything. So, yeah. And so it would, it, it would make the most sense to do a clean cut, he, right? Yeah. Uh, that being said, I think... Gal Gadot, my unofficial polling, which is just myself and whatever I think I've read, I would say Gal Gadot is probably right, probably the first most popular, like people connect with the most, uh, her and maybe Henry Cavill. Yeah. The rest, you could, you know, maybe then Ben Affleck and then Momoa as Lobo Momoa and instead. Then, I don't know. Well, no, I'm saying like connect with as in really liked their character, right. play, them portraying that person. Sure. So. I don't know. It'd be very confusing. I mean, I, Gal Gadot, but yeah, and she, I don't know. she was great. Look, she's a big star. She's a big star. She was great in the first one. Uh, but also, I wouldn't mind seeing somebody new uh, right. that maybe is a little bit uh, higher quality actor, let's say. Like, she's an all right actress, right? She's okay. She's okay. Someone without an accent, maybe. Yeah. How about someone that doesn't force the rest of the cast to learn an Israeli accent? Because that's just how you talk. You don't do accents. How about a real actor? I don't know. Uh, I, she's, she's fine. She's just fine, though. But wouldn't, don't you want someone like really good to relaunch this Wonder Woman? It wouldn't be Wonder Woman 3. It would be like another Wonder Woman 1. You'd have to do like you'd have to redo all of it. I don't know. 
Confounding. I just think the whole, I think this whole rebooting thing is just a, he's got a tough, tough job. I don't know what, it's going to be tough. So speaking of this reboot, let's, let's going to end on this. Was it the further casting news for Superman Legacy? We did not talk about this on the show. It happened a while ago. We did talk about David Korn sweat. Uh, you're uh, the guy. If you squint hard enough, looks like Henry Cavill is now <laughs> Superman. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, Miss Maisel as Lois Lane. I think she'll do great. Here's the additional casting. He said this is a Superman that's young, but he lives in a world of heroes, of of powered people, and he's cast a bunch of them. Here's the biggest one. Nathan Fillion is going to be fucking Guy Gardner. Oh, shit. Uh, that's weird. What does everybody think about that? Hal Jordan, maybe Guy Gardner. Weird. That's weird. Guy Gardner's more of a jock. Yeah. Kind of like an asshole. He's an asshole. Yeah, he's I cocky. think Nathan Fillion could do it. it. It's not the... Yeah, I mean, everyone thinks of him more as Hal. Because yeah. Nathan... I think Nathan Fillion slides more into that goofball, like cocky goofball. Right. Rather than jock. Right. Um, What that tells me is that the... the um, Guy Gardner's not going to be the main green lantern well they when they fully start getting into it uh, that just tells me that james gunn hires his friends that's all that's, that's also that that's is also true. true yes that's that's been yes. a thing for a while they are good buddies you know he was supposed to be wonder man in one of the guardians movies and i think all that stuff got cut so here we got guy gardner in the superman movie who well, else he was in the guardians movie was that oh yeah he was in the third he was one in guardians yeah, yeah. three he was in the third one that's right yeah. i forgot he was in that ridiculous puffy suit the suit was great. He was the de- detachable arm guy in suicide and he was. was right so he was already <laughs> tdk in the thing and now he's gonna be guy gardner that was funny too like his arms actually came off but yeah the, <laughs> he's good friends with gun so guy gardner in this movie here's the other heroes that are in the superman movie isabella merced has been cast as hawk girl we have Edie Gathigi, who's playing Mr. Terrific. And then Anthony Kerrigan is playing Metamorpho. Anthony Kerrigan, you may remember, he's been on Barry recently. He's that bald dude who has no eyebrows. He played Victor Zaz on Gotham. Uh, he's been on The Flash. He kind of looks like Metamorpho. That's a good casting. But my question is, what is this movie? You got fucking Metamorpho, Mr. Terrific, and Hawkgirl, and Guy Gardner in this Superman movie. Will there be, hopefully, enough time for Superman in this movie? I'm sure they're all small. I'm sure they're all very small parts. My, I hope I hope they do it well. You can do it like there's two ways of doing. It. You could do it the way Civil War did, where they introduced a lot of new characters that you wanted to see. Uh huh. All right. Like Black Panther, yeah. you know, Spider Man. Or you could do it the way Black Adam did yeah, it, dude, where they introduce a lot of characters and no one wanted to see them. After. I feel like that's what's gonna happen. That black Adam was like, oh, look at all these people. But then all these people, uh, but, but you don't really get a feel for any of them. I don't know who anybody and the, is. The only one that you thought was cool, Mr. Uh, Dr. Fate, Dr. Fate, you kill him. Yeah, he dies. Hawk Hawkman okay. had a cool costume, but I don't know who anything about Who's Hawkman. You still don't know shit about the guy. Him. One guy got big. The other girl was a tornado. I don't know. That's all I know. So we'll see how this cast is shaping up. And uh, of course, nothing is happening on any movies because of the strike. I'll tell you what, I've been watching that My Adventures with Superman on, on the Max, the animated half-hour show. It's not bad. It mm. skews younger. I feel like if Gunn is going to, it's very fresh and wholesome and, like, hopeful. Uh, it's written pretty good. It's good chemistry with the characters. I feel like he may take some inspiration of the tone from this show. Uh, they did something smart, like, three episodes in. Uh, like Jimmy and Lois, they already they figured out that he, Clark is Superman. Like they didn't because they, they're smart people. 
and they're good friends with him. And this guy just shows up. They're not idiots. They were able to figure out. I was like, oh, look, they're not there. Why are they making Superman an idiot? He's like, I mean, he's like got a crush on Lois. So he bumbles. He's learning like his how, powers. Like, how do you like pretend? Like, is he a moron? And then super, you, you can't be both. He's learning how to be Superman. This is literally like the first time he's put on this costume and, and been and like trying to figure out. He doesn't even know what his powers are completely. So there's a mystery there. And then there's bad guys. There's a there's an episodic flair, but there's an overarching thing. It's not a bad show. It's no Harley Quinn season four, which is also odd, <laughs> but, which um, is fucking fantastic. I did watch it. And I think, do think it's kind of like got a nice tone, yeah. but I do think that they overly make Superman into an idiot. So, well, I mean, also. he's got to grow. Like uh, he's got to grow into Superman. He's just got the fucking suit. He doesn't know what the fuck is going. On. I don't know. I feel like if I have powers like that, I have a little bit more. You know. I mean, uh, I mean, how, a self assurance, maybe. Like, how old do you think he is in that show? He's like in his early twenties, it seems, right? He graduated 19, college, yeah. and he's and probably his first job, yep, so he's yep. probably in his mid twenties. Yeah, they're interns at the paper, so yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a bad show. That and like you, you watch like Harlequin is all swears, and then that's like really wholesome. It's kind of a fun thing to watch back and back. Completely different tones. One's really violent, and one is Superman. All right. Anyways, that's it for the news. Let's take a quick break here. Listener, play some promos, and we'll be back and talk about turtles. I like turtles. I like you, turtles. Did, you, did you get the drop for that? I didn't fucking clip it. I'm going to do it right now. Oh, uh, you dumbass. I like turtles. <laughs> I like turtles. I like turtles. After these messages, we'll be right back. Transmission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Affair. I like that Wookiee. Your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike, bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. Uh, hold it. Hold it. I said hold it. Subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher. I just assumed it's a Wookiee. Start listening today, and remember... The Force will be with you, always. What's up? This is Brian, and I'm the host of Citizens of Pawnee, a Parks and Recreation podcast. That's right, a podcast dedicated to my favorite TV show, Parks and Rec. Every week I discuss my favorite things about the show, which include character breakdowns, episode rewatches, and other random facts and tidbits about the show. You can find me on Instagram at Citizens of Pawnee Podcast and listen wherever you get your podcast now. You will literally love it. Listener, if you enjoy the show, this is a fantastic time to give back. Join the Jock and Nerd Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd. Nerd. And you can give back. (laughs) There's tiers. You can give back monthly, annual basis. You get stuff. There's an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. Bonus content. Instant reactions to movies. Hours of bonus stuff there. You get uh, Discord benefits. You can hang out on our monthly Discord. We love to hang out and geek out. This month, uh, August 24th, uh, 8 p.m. Put it in your calendar. It's a Thursday. That's the date for this month's hangout. And there's a tier where you can pick any movie you want us to watch and review. And there's a tier where you get an exclusive T-shirt. Lots of fun stuff. We appreciate all the support and the continued support from our Patreon producers thank you very much jockinner.com we need more patrons we absolutely de- need more i'd love to get some more we've kind of stalled out at the yeah let's get number. like at least uh 
Let's try to get four this month. Oh, four new. Four will be great. Wow. I would love ten to fifteen more, but four is manageable. I would love thirty more. I mean, but like yeah, but sure. Let's let's be realistic. Fifty we is good. Four, four more. That'd be amazing. Four. Listen, we're approaching our five hundredth episode. That would be a great uh, celebratory thing. Great gift. Join the Patreon. Uh, five hundred episodes. We only missed three weeks. That's worth something. That's worth at least three bucks a month. Come on. Sure. Right. Anyways, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon link in the description for all the deets, as the kids say. Speaking of kids, we're going to talk about some kids in this week's movie review. We are reviewing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Here's your spoiler Heroes in a hard shell. Turtle power. power. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. I like turtles. Of course, we have to have the zombie turtle kid. I'll be playing that a lot with us. It's just so funny. I like turtles. I like turtles too, kid. Well put. Uh, this, of course, is based on the comic books created by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, independent black and white crew. These guys printed it themselves. First issue came out in 1984. And, uh, you know, I used to collect comics in the late 80s, early 90s, and I'm kicking myself because all I needed to do even if it was a little bit high at the time, was find a first printing, first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and preserve it. Why? Because they only printed about 3,275 copies of that black and white comic. Extremely rare, yeah. Uh, recently, a 9.8 version sold for $230,000. Nice. Yes, that's how much uh, this... It's like one of the highest 80s comics values ever and if you can find one and man I in the 90s i remember seeing it in the listings and even then it was maybe like it was like a 100 bucks or something i should have fucking bought it <laughs> i should have fucking bought it i need to go back in time anyways this is the seventh theatrical tmnt movie and it's kind of a reboot reboot of the whole series a reboot uh on rotten tomatoes it's still holding a 96 percent Wow. 7.6 out of 10 audience score. 92%. Uh, this animated feature film was made for $70 million. It came out on a Wednesday, last Wednesday. So the three day opening weekend total, $28 million. Five day, $43 million. That's, that makes that's That's plus or this all together? Uh, all together. Total is 43. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. I mean, it made seventy million, so it's close to making its money back. It actually came in fourth this weekend. Barbie's still number one. Meg two, which I heard is horrible, uh, beating it out. Second place opening weekend. Oppenheimer at number three. Turtles at four. Just kind of crazy. Mm. Yeah, they all they all were doing twenty eight. I mean, they were all kind of they bunched were close. up together. Yeah, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. Yeah, I heard Meg Meg two is not. What's the budget on it? Seventy. Seventy million, and it's already now. I think it's, it'll. I think it'll. Yeah, I think it'll. It'll make it. Uh, it's an impressive film for that amount of money, right? Though. It's good. Yeah. It's a yeah. good budget. It's already at fifty-one million worldwide. It should make its money back and then some, hopefully. Uh, this one is directed by Jeff Rowe and Kyle Spears uh, from a screenplay uh, he co-wrote with Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, Dan Hernandez, and Benji Samet. Jeff Rowe, I think, also directed Mitchell's versus the Machines for Netflix, which has a similar animation style music by trent reznor and atticus frost 
these guys do great scores and soundtracks. I mean, they did Watchmen. They did a bunch of other movies. Did they do Soul? And, oh, and yeah. Did they do Soul and another movie in the same year and both were nominated for Oscars? And it's just weird that this is fucking Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails getting Oscar nominations for amazing. I mean, the guy's a fucking genius. Oh, he's got good taste. Yeah, he's a genius musician. Whatever, whatever he's doing. Uh, starring. So they did Soul and Mank in the same year. Both oh, got nominated oh, for Mank. Oscars. I forgot about Mank. They did Mank too and Soul, two totally different yeah. things. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, voicing the turtles are, uh, I believe, like first time young actors. I'm four teenagers. Four teenagers. Uh, Donatello voiced by Micah Abbey. Michelangelo voiced by Shimon Brown Jr. Leonardo voiced by Nicholas Cantu. Raphael voiced by Brady. Noon. I didn't really look up what they've done before, but they are clearly teenagers. Um, oh, they're all teenagers. Yeah, they're all like they are definitely teenagers. Yeah, they're great. Uh, joining the voice cast is Ayo Edibiri as April. She's having a great year. She's in Bear. I think she's in that movie Theater Camp. She's fantastic. I love her on The Bear on Hulu. Maya Rudolph is in this. John Cena as Rocksteady. Seth Rogen as Bebop. You got Rose Byrne as Leatherhead. Uh, Natasia Dimitriou. Giancarlo Esposito voicing Bastard Stockman, Jackie Chan as Splinter, Ice Cube as Superfly, Paul Rudd as Mongo Gecko, Post Malone as Ray Filet, Ray Filet, uh, Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog, and some other people. Pretty awesome voice cast there. Um, Anthony, let's start yes. with you. Tell me a little bit about your Turtles history, your connection to this franchise first. Yeah, I, uh, I grew up Teenage Mutant Turtles was one of the many things I really liked as a kid. I loved the cartoon. I loved playing the video game whenever I, I like go to turtles. the arcade. Yep, that was me. <laughs> I, I actually answered that que- answered like that every time someone asked me a question as well. And um, I loved the first two movies as a kid. Those were movies that I always had on repeat on VHS. Uh, the third one, even as a kid, I watched it and went, this is a weird movie. Um <laughs> And then I had, when I when I kind of got into my teenage years, I kind of lost track of the turtles. So TMNT, never saw that. Mm-hmm. I never watched the Michael Bay turtle produced yeah, one, so yeah. I haven't seen those yeah. two. So I took a break from the turtles. Haven't really played, you know, watched any of the TV shows or anything like that. But now that we're we're doing this podcast and watching uh, all sorts of shit. Uh, this movie kind of put me back into that. Oh, I just like that nostalgia. Of, mm-hmm. Oh, I used to really like that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have a good. And we, I remember we reviewed the the original one a couple yep. like a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a I have a pretty strong connection as a child. It's a pretty it's a big part of my my childhood. Teenage Mutant Turtles was up there with with like Ghostbusters and X Men and Spider Man and Godzilla. Yeah, and you know. Predator, Taylor, you know, all that stuff. It was it was right up there with everything. It is crazy. It's such a huge franchise. It's been around for almost 40 years now, kicking yeah. in different versions. Like I said, I remember discovering the comic book and the gritty black and white comic book, and I was totally into it. And then the toys came out, and I was like, I got to get these fucking toys. And then that cartoon came out. I was like, oh, this is for kids, but I'm still going to watch it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and I was in, and then when the first movie comes out is when like the first wave of popularity kind of goes down. It was dying, and they put that first movie out. But I love that first movie. Uh, it's still like those animatronic heads and dudes in suits doing fucking karate. Uh, you're ever gonna replace that? Uh, but then also, I also kind of dropped out. Didn't watch the Bay movies. I think I watched that the the CGI movie from 2007. 
There's like five different shows, seven different movies made for TV movies. Um, and then suddenly this movie comes out and kind of restarts it all. And just like you reinvigorated by, I was like, oh my God, I used to be really into this. I used to love these turtles. And now I remember why. Rugs, what about you? What's your story with the turtles? Um, I uh, remember buying the collected editions of the black and white yeah, comics. Yeah, the trade paperback, yes. I'm talking about like 1980, 90, yep. late 80s, 90s. Yep. And uh, this is before the movie came out, before the cartoon yep. came out. Yep. And um, I thought that they were cool. And if you read the uh, collected editions, you get to a part where it gets pretty fucking wacky and they're out in outer space and shit. Yep. And there's like a fucking girl like who's like scantily clad with a sword and shit so there's like it, it goes into weird sp spaces yeah but that first volume of the ninja turtles was like what they based the cartoon and the movie off of where um yeah they had like the ninja whole ninja thing was like a major thing and it was they tried to like be true to that to some degree and uh i really dug what they ended up doing with the cartoon is that they gave the individuals personalities and they changed the colors so you could kind of tell which one was which. Because right. in the comic books, they're all wearing the same color. Yeah. Well, it's black and white. And they didn't know. It. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think that, that they kind of uh, fed off of each other. And I think that at that point, Eastman Liard had some some part in those things because uh, it, for how did I don't know why. Usually things don't stick to the comic books as much as those first things did. Right, right. So, um, yeah, I really like the Turtles. And I've been watching, I pretty much watched everything except for, like, uh, the new animated series that have, like, recently come up. So, like, the last, I watched all of the movies, um, but I haven't watched every animated series because there's so many. There are. And this is the thing, it's like. How many times can you restart a, a, an anime? There's so many versions. Sure. And there's made for TV movies. There's five shows. There's but, also Batman versus to me. Yeah, that, yeah, which is which is pretty cool. I heard that's pretty good. There's a multiverse made for TV movie from 2009, yep. Turtles Forever. Before. That's the one that does the 80s and then merges it with the the early 2000s. So TMNT. clearly this is a franchise that like you can have the core concept and take liberties and kind of restart it for every generation. You know, I thought about that real quick. TMNT on a, like a lesser scale is kind of reminds me of Godzilla sure. in that it started out very serious yep. and then got very kiddie. And yep. then now there's all sorts of different variations of the turtles and you know what is what it can be, right? It can it can be serious, but can also be kitty. Mm -hmm. You can play up the ninja part. You can play up the teenage part. Yeah. Similar to Godzilla, where it can be, you know, a very serious thing, nuclear weapon. Then it can be a, a kids thing, and then it can be this, right? So it's one of those kind of franchises. Batman had a similar Batman kind of thing. Too, yeah. yeah, it's serious. It could be kitty, and it could be dark. It could be fun. So these are characters. But that you could say that about anything. Well, that's just yeah. that's just corporate greed and market share. Like going after different markets. I don't know if that's artistically good. Well, let's talk about this case. Anthony, what happens yes. in this new reimagining, resetting uh, of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? What happens in the movie? Uh, this is a movie that focuses very much on the teenage aspect of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I would say this is a, a coming of age story where the, uh, the turtles are, are teenagers that are longing to be outside of the sewers and, and 
have a normal life and they have a very protective dad uh, played by Jackie Chan uh, Splinter that is um, not letting them because of reasons that we can get into later and their way of, of getting themselves ingratiated into the human society is to take down this criminal uh, called Superfly that has been taking down, stealing a bunch of different equipment with nefarious plans to eventually do some shit to the world. So, And coming out of this, after all the nostalgia and Easter eggs and awesome soundtrack, what'd you think of uh, this version? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I know that they did. They did take some liberties with the with the origin um, or some of the stuff. There's a lot, a lot, some some changes there. Um, but overall, I thought I I enjoyed it. I liked. First off, I think we're in kind of a a, a phase here with animation, yeah. Where the 3D thing, which was the thing for 15 to 20, 30 years, yeah. but, but since Toy Story, yeah. Is now considered old school, yeah, old fashioned, and now they were doing, you know, with, with Spider Verse and this, and there's some other movies. I think Puss in Boots and some other ones that have done this like 3D, 2D amalgamation of mm-hmm, shit, mm-hmm. and I like it. I think Great. it's we're seeing a real renaissance here with animation. So there's one there. Yeah, I think the um, you named the who's doing the soundtrack. I think the soundtrack is great, but I think what's what I enjoyed most about the movie is I think it's very. Um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of movies that where the plot and the character arcs are intertwined in a way that makes everything come together and, and is in lockstep. Yeah. And I think this plot being a coming of age story for the turtles, but then also kind of about acceptance and how the turtles are looking to be accepted, but the villains looking to be accepted mm-hmm. and, the, and April's looking to be accepted mm-hmm. and splinters looking to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And they're all intertwined in a way where their arc plays out and the plot and the arc each make each other move that propel the story forward. So I thought overall it was, is I thought it was a solid story with um, some good dialogue, some fun writing, um, not exactly the most like revolutionary story, but just it knew what it was doing yeah. and it stayed in that place. And I, I just had a lot of fun with it. So I enjoyed it. it, it nice. As I've said, it made me want to go back and watch some of the turtle stuff that I've missed. Yeah, and it made me want to go and read some of the good. Ru- There's some great comic book runs and stories from IDW and Mirage of the turtles and the last Ronin. I heard it's really good, but it did make me want to go back. I'll go. I'll say really quickly. I like turtles, and I <laughs> love this movie. I fucking I really enjoyed this movie. It was so fun, very refreshing. I thought it was a really great start to a, a new generation of turtles. Uh, like you said, the animation was stunning. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not like no way uh, sp- across the Spider Verse, but it's just as interesting. The grungy, dirty art style. It literally is. If you look at, and the, the filmmakers have talked about, they were inspired by uh, teenagers' doodles in Drawing, their notebooks. Yeah. I, I can pull out to you my fucking science notebooks from high school and in the corners is drawings of turtles spider-man batman there's no fucking notes i don't know how i passed high school there's no fucking notes there's me drawing ninja turtles and it reminded me of that part of it looks like stop motion uh and and it's the 2d 3d blend and the doodle that you could see the sketch lines was fucking great the dirty city was great uh i loved the grotesque character designs this wasn't your round cute big-eyed character models these are like picasso cubist grotesque misshapen heads the mutants were disturbing and just the humans were fucking disturbing i love that like everybody was a freak 
Uh, and as far as the story, very relatable. I love that they're Gen Z turtles. The fucking soundtrack, De La Soul, Tribe Call Quest, No Diggity. Are you kidding me? Fucking old dirty bastard in there. I did not expect. I love it because, again, I was listening to hip hop in the late 80s, early 90s, the same songs while I was reading and getting into the turtles. So it for me, old school hip hop and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles go hand in hand. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. So it was a very, very perfect combination um and yeah no great i thought the voice acting was great i had a good time i, I want to see more of these guys uh their chemistry together was great rugs are you gonna shit all over this what'd you think <laughs> <laughs> um i like turtles <laughs> i like turtles okay uh i don't love this t- movie i but i liked it um i did enjoy it in fact it elicited a response a, a emotional response towards the end of the movie when they had to like team up and fucking go for yeah. it and not give up yeah. i was like really on board and i was like yeah i was like fucking clenched my fist and, and i was like yeah, you fucking get that super fly <laughs> and uh i was into it so like it did wrap its hooks around me and i did end up investing myself into this movie so it did something great there but at, you know, it's like one of those things I can't look away from the flaws when I'm I'm noticing as the film is going on. Yeah. But for the most part, uh, those are nitpicks in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I, I did I did think it's a, a pretty good movie. I just think narratively the biggest flaw is that uh, there's no tie to Shredder. That is interesting change That's they have made. Yeah, and let's, I think that let's, I think narratively that hurts the the, the turtles start a lot. there let's well let's start before we get into shredder yeah. because i think we can get to that but i think what did you think rugs of the the changes narratively in turn or the of, to the not narratively but just overall to the turtles as in um they learn they learned from watching tv really VHS how tapes. to do it yeah well, i, I think it that. sounds like splinter learned it too from yeah that. yeah yeah i, I hate that i hate that with a passion yeah, but he was I, they were watching bruce lee shit did you notice that they're actually they're that watching was some cool good shit. but like but uh, they're not. That's not ninjutsu. That's, okay, sure. That's yeah. Hong Kong shit. Yeah. So like, I feel like if you're a purist about ninjutsu, like you're like that's Japanese, right. and it's it's you know it's so it's a little insulting, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if it is, but like I would think it would be you know. But it is cool because they watch the kung fu movies. I think you could have both. Why can't they really be learning ninjutsu and like kung fu movies? Like I don't know. The thing is, in this but, in this version, he is was just a rat. He was just a rat. And yeah, so, you know, but the story doesn't change like rats. No. People still hate rats. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Um, but what, what, but the, it gets away from the fact that he had this master right. who taught him. Right. And the and also ties into the fact that he probably now doesn't have the tie to Shredder because of that. But maybe he does. We don't know. They could write something. I don't know. It, it doesn't look like it with that. That cripples scene. that to me. That cripples one of the main narratives that has been in almost every turtles movie yeah what was his name yoshi something hamato yoshi and shredder yeah so one version had him as his pet rat and then he get and he learned watching him and he got mutated and then one version i think in the comics he's he's a human and he turns into he's actually uh the other guy and then he becomes the rat right yes that's right yeah that i thought about that I, i i do agree that the um potential loss of the shredder personalization could be a a detriment to this, but they've also like, I don't even think they like 
they don't really even they've changed their origins on this a couple times where he was the rat then he the rat he taught the rat so like splinter's origin isn't exactly the most clear either so I don't know. For this no, movie, I right. kind of bought it. Yeah, no, you're right. You, but, you can play it. Yeah, you're way. right. It works fine. Yeah. Like it doesn't. It doesn't like destroy the movie. I think what they were doing here is they were trying to make it so the rat, like because he's a rat, the rat has this worldview that he's never accepted as well. Right. So it ties into the overall theme of like acceptance. Yeah, for this particular movie, it works better. But for the Ninja Turtle lore and and the potential for a, a better villain. Mm-hmm. relationship you know because th- then they're arch enemies and they're related and sometimes i hate that shit too like when they're related right I when think it's the, too in, tied together but i think but if you're gonna have like a ninja clan in new york it may it'd be cool like all right that's that's weird does a ninja clan taking over the city well so, so yeah the, you know this first one no shredder no foot clan i didn't mind that actually them saving that for the second movie i like these villains but then this splinter sets up for him being this burnout overprotective dad and you understand why he's afraid to send his kids out into the world and tells them to hide. They uh, played up more the fact that he's a dad yeah. rather than he's like their master. Right. They kept, and it was so cute when they're all like dad. They all call him dad at the same time. What did you think right. rugs of um, they age down April and they obviously they change her race. They age her down, make her the same age as them. Yeah. And she's not a reporter yet. I don't think that adds anything to the movie except the fact that Leonardo has a crush on her and, and thinks he's going to always do know. that thing too. like one of them always has a crush on April. They all like, yeah, but she's an older woman. Right. And, you know, it's kind of like horny kids looking at like a, a <laughs> like an older woman, like a crush. They're, uh, it's unattainable. Yeah. And I think this actually makes it more weird because like then she in the post credit, she's like, we're just friends, okay? Like, and I'm like, well, what a what a rejection! Like, <laughs> so there's no point in her being their age. So I mean, um, she can relate because she's an outcast as well. I yeah, like that. that. I like that part. And she they got the high school news, and there was a Channel Six Easter egg in there. So she's wearing the yellow coat. It was fine. It was, it was fine. fine. It just they could have made her a high school student and hot. You know, they could have. Why not? But yeah. like, whatever. Well, but nobody's hot in this movie. Every like, the, like I said, they're all, everyone's fucking a little grotesque. Everyone's a little distorted. That is the well, you know, the, you know what it reminded me of? Yeah. And this is very timely. Remind me of a lot. A lot of the, the things on Pee Wee's Big Adventure oh, yeah. and Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah, they were always all of weird their, They were always misshapen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so. but it looked like just sketches come to life. So what did you guys think about the fact that this is the youngest iteration of the turtles? They're, you know, they're using Gen Z language They're They have this chemistry. Sus. They use sus and riz. I caught a couple other ones. Yeah. But like when they all talk at the same time, like their, their little patter is great. And I think it's fair. Seth Rogen said none of the other versions ever actually focused on. The, the teenage, teenage part, whereas well, you could teenagers say, is, is seven years of difference. Yeah. From like when you're yeah. 13 to when you're 19. Sure. You know, sure. So. These guys are like, they're, so, they're, I think they're 15. In yeah. This. They seem like 15. They don't. 15 year olds. Eh, they seem like 13 year olds to me. They seem a little but, younger. Yeah. I haven't been around teenagers. Well, other than at Lollapalooza. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was say, I haven't been at teenagers for, <laughs> for a long time. And I was like, wait a minute. I was around probably them Saturday. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know what I liked? I, I, I did like that they casted teenagers. Yeah. So I did like that because normally in Hollywood, they always age up and then ha- or age them down. They always cast like 25 year olds to right. play teenagers. Right. 
And what I enjoyed, and I didn't think I would enjoy it, is that Donatello actually sounds like a little boy. <laughs> it was like, cute. I just like that the kid just didn't have the, uh, yeah. didn't grow through puberty yet. Yeah. I didn't care, like, at all, like, who's voicing what, as long as the performance is good and their kids did great performance. They did a great job. Uh, so, I, yeah, they did a great job. And, and, they were, you know what they did they a good job of? To. They did a good job of playing into their personalities, but not making it super defining yet. Right. So, for example, like Leo's the leader, right? Raphael's the hothead. He just wants to fight. Michelangelo's the goofball, and yeah. Dante's the smart. Like there yeah. are some of them are get a little bit more play than others. Yeah, like Leo's definitely a leader, but he's like he's like a square, yeah. and he doesn't. And he like he's the leader that's trying to be a leader, but everyone else hates him because he's being yeah, that asshole. He, t- he rats on them, Leo. Right. Yeah. Right. So like. I like that they played it up a little bit, but it wasn't. Um, they're not fully formed into those personalities. But, but define yet. personalities, right? You can you can call out what they are, and Leo kind of becomes the leader at the end, which is a great moment. Uh, yeah, I love Donatello's the nerd. My, Michelangelo just want, he wants to do improv. Ralph is like, I've been dying to fight for months now. Uh, <laughs> I think it's funny Donatello has glasses and Mike has braces because. What, where did they go to get those? Did they go like a black market orthodontist that works in the sewers? How did well, they get clear the, they're stealing everything. But how do you steal braces and then put them on your fucking teeth? He had to go to yeah. a fucking dentist to get that. Why done. does he care if his teeth are straight? And, the fucking turtle why, it makes yes, no sense. It's, you know, I know. I can understand needing to see. No, I know why they did it to make it seem relatable, like teenagers, right? Some got glasses. Yeah, that's very transparent. And but it's kind I was of, like, well, how did I kept the, thinking like, how did he get those fucking braces? Who put those braces on? How does that work? But I love them at, at this age, just wanting to watch a movie, go to high school. I love when they stop to watch Ferris Bueller. That's a great moment. Yeah, that, cool. that point, that point when they were um, watching the first, watching Ferris Bueller, and yeah. they were like sad to leave. Yeah, at that point, at that part, I was like, oh, they're doing some good emotional stuff here. Yeah, no, it's got a lot of heart, man. It's got a lot of heart. It's character driven. Because uh, it, it could have just been like a silly goofball thing, but they really went for like. Hey, let's make a like a well-rounded emotional journey here, where you where it becomes more of a coming-age film rather than just like a fun adventure. It's definitely a great coming-of-age film, and but then the action the, the set director pieces said he good. was like inspired by like Stand by Me. And, yeah, I can uh, see that. Some other yeah coming-of-age film that I, that's just slipping off the top of my tongue. But right the now. the action scenes I thought also were very compelling. That one that was side-scrolling. Like it reminded like me, a video game. It reminded me of a video game and like old boy simultaneously, right? They'll do a little he, hallway they, fight they, scene. They, they, yeah, they, they somewhere I read too that he was inspired by the old boy. Yeah, and uh, it, that, was, that was that uh, was a great and like the references, the Easter eggs. You heard a little go ninja, go ninja, go on the radio. That was fucking great. Oh, I mean the the soundtrack was. Oh fuck, dude! The score was great. I, I, you know what? What I liked about the soundtrack is, and there's probably a lot of new younger people that yep. haven't heard some of that music yep. and i was like oh my gosh you're playing no diggity right now. i was excited for the kids to be turned on to de la soul to tar- tribe called quest not especially now that de la's music is on streaming you can go and fucking watch it that just i was like oh fuck they're playing the could, best could you have imagined music. when uh trent reznor was coming up that you'd yeah. be like oh this guy is going to be a um composer or not or a, a oscar worthy um what do you call them now? A, a composer, music composer, composer. and you'd be picking like De La Soul. It's play. wild. He's got an amazing <laughs> taste. He's got a good well, ear. I would yeah. say those are his peers, so he, yeah. of course, he respects yeah. them. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I just didn't think he would li- like he would listen to that stuff, but you know, he is he clearly. Nah, in the nineties, people were eclectic as fuck, yeah. man. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, well, it shows because he's he's got a very eclectic taste in music. 
Uh, what'd you guys think of the humor? Any parts make you laugh? Was it too much? It's Seth Rogen, right? Uh, the milking joke, they took it way too uh, far. I mean, that's funny. We don't <laughs> even have that like they, they, over, they, they milked that joke, they literally. The <laughs> joke. <laughs> but then they were also getting milked. So, like, they, there was a, a payoff. There was a callback. But every time they're like, we don't even have nipples. I don't know what you're talking about. There's a bunch that made me laugh. The first one that I wrote down that made me giggle was... Um, when Jackie Chan's talking about being a rat and his only friend being a cockroach, oh, yeah. and he lost his only friend. He's like, oh, yeah. and I lost my only friend. And then I ate him. And then I ate him. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of Jackie Chan as, as Splinter? He was good. I loved, I thought, yeah, I thought he was really good. I liked him. I, I liked it. I, I love the moment where he realizes he is as kind of extreme as Superfly, right? They end up saying the same things. Ice Cube as Superfly. Ice Cube as Superfly was great. Even though all I I could just see you just he sounds like Ice Cube, right? You just see Ice oh, Cube, yeah. right? But I love the character. I love the way that once they realized that they were both made from the same Baxter Stockman ooze, that they were like, we should, we should, we they, we can relate. We should be friends. They kind of bonded. Did you um? Do you read why he took the role? Uh, Ice Cube, no. Why? Yeah. He took the role because he, when he learned that the character was going to be named Superfly. Oh yes, it's it was like, like a yeah, '90s yeah. thing, and he was like, "Oh yeah." Well, it's I'll that exploitation from the yeah, '70s. Yeah. Class. Yeah, 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 the '70s. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Ice Cube playing a character named Superfly is perfect. I like turtles. It's fucking perfect. <laughs> uh, and then when he kaiju's out at the end, it's fucking disturbing. He's got a leg made of like tiny horses and you see yeah. and like he's so misshapen like it was actually like nightmarish looking design. Well, I loved it. The director was inspired by the fly. Oh, yeah. Yes. So. So they wanted to recreate. Yeah, it's very like body horror. Yeah, stuff it was this. totally. He's got a whale end and there's a lot of body horror stuff in this movie. That's another thing they changed. Speaking of the fly Baxter Stockman in the beginning, was the fly, right? He he originally mutated into the fly. He was mm-hmm. based on Jeff Goldblum's character from The Fly. Mm-hmm. That was the whole point mm-hmm. of him. Oh, yeah. There, there you go. That's the connection. Yes. Sorry. So, but in the comics, he mutates into a fly. And then instead of in this one, he's got a little baby fly. Another. But I thought it, that change was fine. It worked also for what they well, used to he do. Because crea- he was looking for like the whole thing he's is building like a family. Acceptance. Yeah, yeah. He's building his own family. And uh and then the fact that they all super flies bat, they all turn on him at the end and they have to stop him is fucking great. So I didn't mind that they didn't have Shredder. Like, I forgot about Shredder until that post credit scene. I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. There's a Shredder. Yeah, no, I'm curious to see how they how they do Shredder because Shredder is one of the coolest villains in the world. Um, but now but yeah, that, that personal tie. Yeah, does change things a little bit. I don't like I don't know if I like that Shredder might be working for another person. But then I also read. Someone predicted that uh, that lady, yes. what's her name? Cynthia Ultram. Is actually Craig. Yes. I like Craig, turtles. Yes. If you, so Ultram, apparently Ultramites are the alien race Krang was. You notice she's wearing yellow and got like pink glasses. The theory some people have that that's Krang in there or she's going to become Krang. So right. Shredder apparently doesn't even have his foot clan. He's working for, she's like calling the Shredder. That's great. But I think she's going to be Krang, which isn't bad. That's a nice little uh, tweak to the thing because Krang's a little silly. But they used like Rocksteady, Bebop, and I didn't even know a lot of these other mutants. They're from like. The- yeah, like I would have actually kept Bebop and Rocksteady out of this movie. Oh, entirely. Mm. And not burn them and, the, yeah, and, burn and, them. and bring them in later. They're friends now, though. For now. Yeah, that ruins it. Yeah, <laughs> they, Bebop and Rocksteady, you're right. Like they were the most 
up there with all the most known villains and then to just throw them in and then have them become friends. Kind of a waste. That's they didn't sure. need to be there. Like yeah, they, they didn't, didn't really like they didn't really add any bebop and rock steadiness to this movie anyway. They were just kind of like side characters that Yeah, would, they didn't do that much. Like you had more Mondo Gecko yeah. than like yeah. Bebop and Rock. Because Paul Rudd's funny. Yeah, you didn't need them. Oh, you're absolutely right. They didn't it, you you had so many big names playing mutants yeah. that you didn't need those two guys. Like I didn't even know that that was John Cena or Seth Rogen playing them. They barely had any lines. Yeah, they were just like yeah, yeah. It was like the, the overstuffed it with characters that didn't need to be there, and it could have been just a little bit more. And then you, that you could have saved them for the next movie. Well, you know why they do that. Burning. So I, I was going to plug this. And what are you watch? What are we watching? But uh, there's this 20 minute thing on Dis on YouTube called uh, Disney versus Robin Williams. Oh, oh. And that was when they cast Robin Williams Aladdin? as Aladdin. Yeah, because they did that because. They wanted to start marketing these movies to adults. So now you see, like, the, oh. ever since that movie, it changed from like little-known voice actors to big names. Oh. And the reason they do that is because, even with this movie, It'll they get, list yeah. out all the big names yeah. they have doing the voice acting role. So for this one, you like the part of the marketing was look at all these names doing yeah. voice acting. John Cena, exactly. Yeah, he so got, they just like threw two in lines. everything. Yeah, he's got like yeah. two lines. Even though some of these people only had like three lines. Yeah, they didn't. That's interesting. So voice actors have Robin Williams to blame for taking all their fucking jobs. No, no. Well, the thing is, so Robin Williams. That's the whole thing. Is he agreed to do uh, the genie? But he was like, I don't want my name featured in it. I don't want to be sold. Oh, so I just okay. I'll do it. But but then Disney said they wouldn't do that, and then they went on behind his back, and they oh, started shit, and park, they marketing that was Robin Williams. Oh, man. Putting him in toys and all this shit. Oh, no. And that's why he, and it's like for the longest time, he had a feud with Disney because they did that to Oh, him. see, Robin's such a good guy. Like, because you would have known like, instantly once you watched the movie who it is. Right, but he didn't want to market it. And then, yeah. like, Toy Story and Shrek and yeah. all that. Now, every, now, every, like, all the big movies yep. have yep. big names doing the voice acting because they want to market it to adults. That's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's cutting into that voice. So that's voice why like, well, they had to do movie. that because the turtles were not anybody famous. So they exactly. had to like balance it out. Yeah. The marketing, even for this kind of um, was a little misleading because all the names on the poster barely are featured other than. Um, well, you don't know the kids, Jackie Chan. right? Yeah. Nobody knows the kids. So you're going to go right. Jackie Chan, John Cena, exactly. right. Seth Rogen, so Maya that's, Rudolph. That's how it is now. Uh, and it's been that way. I mean, every every animated movie is yeah. like that. I mean, the Super Mario Brothers was all well, top names. It was all sold on yeah. those It was yeah. literally Chris Pratt. Everyone's like, yeah. Chris Pratt's yeah. doing an Italian Jack guy? Jack Black was great, though, too, also. That's a good right. Uh Another moment I loved, that when they pull the Spider-Man 1, Sam Raimi, uh, New Yorkers come to help. Oh, that was cool. Move that almost that got me in the feels a little bit. I was like, oh fuck, they're getting accepted. New York is coming together. Well, before that, what what's good? Like, it's a good hero's journey, right? Because yeah. they are originally doing this for fame, right? Or not for fame, for acceptance, right? But then they realize they won't be accepted, right? And they're like, we still got to help. Yeah, even though they think we're monsters, we got to right. do the right thing, and it turns out that works. So the movie ends with a very different putting them in a different spot right they're publicly known they're heroes they get to go to high school with april they're out in public splinters out in public uh which is something would you think of the puke joke oh the puke i thought it was okay maybe they did it a little too much and they <laughs> maybe they didn't need to show her puking but when they did that was also funny because it is a cartoon and it's just like green stuff coming out but that was um 
It's traumatic when that happens. Someone, uh, one of the reviewers I was like, watched it, or watched his review, and he was saying how um, this movie's very obsessed with like bodily fluid jokes. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of, and then there's a lot milking of smoking and, and squirting of liquids <laughs> coming out and stuff. It's very interesting. I also read guys, that, that puke scene pretty long. It, yeah, it did. It <laughs> did go on for quite a while. I also read that they were inspired for the action scenes by uh, Police Story and Rumble in the Bronx, Jackie Chan oh. stuff a little bit. Uh, what are rugs? I, I'm curious. What are some of your other nitpicks? If you have any more that you can think of, I mean, those are the basically like I know you love the music, but I thought the music. I think what I had a problem with. I didn't know what kind of tone this movie was. Was it for kids mm. or wasn't it? And some of the songs were like. We're like kind of like a little bit like the o- I don't know. ODB sh- uh, shimmy shimmy y'all was I'm like, that's a little adult for the kids, yeah. but I was I, mean, I was glad it was there. No diggity is an adult. Song. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That I like too. to bag it up. Yeah. Like, yeah. No diggity. like, I don't know if a kid's but like, seen, though. so like <laughs> I was street. like, I felt like the tone was like not quite right. I didn't mind. it. I love those songs. Yeah. I love those needle drops and I like. Um, but then I was like, in context, like, what kind of movie is this? Mm-hmm. So I, I did think that that was kind of weird. Um, that makes sense. So uh, there was that, and uh, and some of the humor, like, um, I was like, is this for kids or for an adult? So like, but um, I heard a lot of kids. There was, but there were some kids in my audience, and they were having a blast. They were like, really yeah. into it. And I, I've heard a lot of the kids love this. Well, well. I- I don't know what kids are like now, but I figured that since they their parents just give them cell phones at like three years old yeah, go. and tell them <laughs> to go just, on YouTube, yeah. like they, they, their parents don't give a shit what they're. <laughs> what I want to see seeing. these twelve year olds go and pull up fucking Wu Tang on Spotify and blast it. It'll be hilarious. Annie up, yeah. A- Annie up was great. Mop. Annie up is a great song and another great scene. I think that was another fight scene. Can I kick it? Can I kick it? De La Souls, I know, which is a very wholesome, like romantic song. Uh, that was in the beginning. Body by nature. I'm looking at the yeah, soundtrack yeah. right now. Oh. I gotta admit though, I do, I do miss uh, sexy April O'Neil. And uh, I mean, did that even make sense in the original? I don't know. Like, why is an adult? Yeah, I thought it was woman... a weird change to make her. I, I would have made. I don't know. I just would have made her a little. Even well, if she's she a TV, would... she's a hot TV reporter. That's what it, she breaks the story. Oh, okay, right. sure. Like it make yeah. it, it's actually more impossible that a kid is gonna break the story so that, that was a little unbelievable he, that the, the kid could run into the studio yes. punch like take out the the anchor yeah. and just yeah. sit there and they'd just be like yep we'll keep recording yeah, weren't they being attacked or something and she fell over and yeah how did she get there is yeah it's a good point she's on n- national tv or whatever it was an interesting it was a, a weird they change. bent everything they bent everything for to get this accepted narrative yep, like you 100%. need everybody to be rejected yeah. i so see, everybody's on the same page with this acceptance thing. i see i yep. like that i could relate to that i found that very but, relatable yeah no, but I, is it is it it's great for a movie i guess but is it great for the turtles we don't know that's the question right so it 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 serves this story perfectly yeah does right. it serve the larger narrative if we make this a franchise? That's what we'll have to see. I mean, it it'll be fine, but I, we all know that like having the Splinter and 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 Shredder related is cool. We all like sexy April, mm-hmm. you know. We all like that. So I think that even though that this series can go on and and be cool, uh, we're always gonna miss those little things. Are we? Was uh, Casey Jones always flirting with April? 
and everything? Uh, I feel like yeah. In the comic books, yeah, they yeah. end up in, in they end up together yeah. because because now like with this change, right? If we're gonna, cause Casey Jones is one of the more beloved characters. Yeah, yeah. He's just a vigilante, yeah, like a dude yeah, vigilante. Yeah, you can't you can't just be a dude vigilante and not. Like you can't be in love with Keith, Rick, Casey Jones or uh, not yeah. April, April O'Neil, right? Yeah, yeah <laughs> unless like adult. he's also a teenager. Unless everybody's a teenager, and then it's uh, the when then you can do it. But like um, another thing about the tone is that uh, Superfly straight up killing people. Yeah, he is, he is isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I like that. It's yeah. So it's weird for a kids movie. I mean, like, as I said, they, yeah, they didn't hold back. And no, one hundred percent. But for, for me, it was great because I'm an adult sitting yeah. in a movie. I. I don't care. Like I'm an adult watches movie, but I'm just like when you try and think about the larger audience, that's that's also like weird. But like I enjoyed the film. It's just I thought about all this stuff. and go "Eh, okay. That's a good. It is a good point because I I, I'm with you, Rugs. I enjoyed the entire film. But when you bring it up in that lens of it's rated PG, I believe. So you're trying to get a kid audience as well. PG or PG thirteen. I think it's PG, but yeah, you have, you definitely have, there's definitely some tonal stuff where you go, wait a minute, what's going on here? <laughs> Who are they marketing this to? Really? Yeah. Like if it was a Batman movie, everyone would be like, why is Batman killing people? <laughs> or why is the, you know, why is the Joker killing people? This is a kid's movie. Right. He's, he should be just knocking people out with gas and not really killing them. So I don't know. It's just one of those things. I mean, GI Joe, no one ever fucking died. From Cobra, like they all just fucking fell down. Oh fuck! It is so, PG. Wow, he's killing people in a fucking PG movie. It's not even thirteen. And they say it all the time. He killed this guy. He he's killed that guy. People. He's killing us. It's a cartoon, and they yeah, look. When, when they they're look out hunting for him, they're like, yeah. no one, no one. Every time he hires people, they die. Yeah, but they're mutants. I don't know. All so I gotta say I is, my dad is. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. But no, no. I, I was just gonna say it's just a little all over the place with tone. I was just going to make a joke where he, when uh, Michelangelo goes, my dad is totally not a rat. And she's like, when you say it like that, he's a rat. <laughs> That's a good line, too. I think one of the funniest parts of the thing is when he gets the sigh in the thigh and he oh, all yeah. screams like They're a girl. Like, oh, and Leo's like, I got to vomit. <laughs> but then right, I did enjoy that. Th- that's when they fucking that's their first fight, too. And they. uh yeah. Fucking pull it together and kick. It, I mean, it's you know, it's literally like year one. Yeah, yeah. it's great. No, I enjoyed all of it. When you guys just, just huddle in the shadow and start whispering, it it doesn't make it any better. <laughs> and I even love the little detail where, like, when they first land on the rooftop and they're looking badass, their eyes are white. You don't see the white, pupil, yeah. right? And then it cuts to them, and the guy's like, okay, whatever, Batman. Uh, and then you see their <laughs> eyeballs and their pupils. It's very cute. He's like, we have to pick up goat cheese or something. The guy's it's like, very... um. Like pop culture too. They mention Avengers oh, Endgame. Oh yeah, they yeah. All bunch, you know, Very con- yeah, contemporary. A lot of great references. Um, the Chris cutouts. Was, so it'll, it'll date itself really soon, I guess. But it's very of right now. I love the uh, oh, the, Chris, the, Chris the Chris cutouts. cutouts. Was kind of funny. You had Chris Evans, Chris <laughs> Pine, and Chris Pratt. Which that's an Easter egg because Chris Evans voiced Casey Jones in the 2007 animated movie. Mm. There was also their high school was called Eastman High School after one. Peter uh, Eastman, and then the mm-hmm. Laird was like the pizza place, so they had an Eastman and Laird little Easter egg in there. So yeah, a lot of funny. Eastman also does a voice cameo. Oh, he does. Oh, yeah. yeah. One of them doesn't want to be involved anymore. I think it's Laird who like walked away, but I think they came back. Yeah, he's like, he's like not into what they're doing. Yeah, they, well, they, they sold it to Nick. So technically, yeah. they they are they all. It, oh, it's owned by Nickelodeon now. 
but they're still i thought they're still making comics but the nickelodeon probably owns it all yeah right yeah um all right well and then uh in the future they have already announced a second yeah, bring that up uh there's a, a sequel in the works and a two yep. season 2d animated tv series for paramount plus has been i mean they're, they're already going full steam ahead i'm dude making I, this a new franchise i'm down to i mean i wanted to see more of these guys when the movie ended i was like they were a lot of fun to hang out with i would love to see more i think a tv show would be great if they can keep the same tone but hopefully the sequel maybe there'll be more focus on ninja because this one was all teenage a little bit of ninja maybe now you could do ninja more shredder foot clan can't wait to see that yeah, I would agree. I think the the next move would be going into the ninja side, right? You've already established because you kind yeah, of. But, all- does, is, but they're not going to be able to ring, make it ring true when they're just watching movies and copying stuff, right? Mm. Well, it was it was also tough to do the ninja thing when the boss is a giant kaiju, right? Like it became something completely different yeah. by the end. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of you get that riding vehicles. You can't, you can't just roundhouse kick a. I mean, you could if Jack yeah. if you were Jean Claude Van Damme, you would. But <laughs> the turtles, I don't think. Roundhouse kick kaiju. <laughs> Even that pizza truck was kind of like the one pizza truck from the cartoon. I did enjoy the kind of combined like there was Easter eggs from the eighties cartoon and the original book and the different incarnations all kind of blended together. Well, they wore the belt with their yeah, letters with on the, it. Yep. Uh, but have that gritty kind of look from the original book. Uh, all right, let's rate it and rank it amongst whatever you've seen. I have here listed. There's seven fucking movies, two made for TV movies, five TV shows. All turtles lasting for the last four decades. It's amazing. And I think that, like we were talking about, this movie is a good example of how you can take the basic premise and reintroduce it, update it, modernize it. And it'll work. It'll work uh, every so often. Um, Anthony. Yes. What would you give it? And is this the best uh, turtles movie there is? So uh, I said this earlier, but we've had a really nice string of movies yeah, with yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Barbie, and now yeah, this. Yeah. I would rate this a solid seven and a half. Ugh. It didn't blow me away, but I was just just pleasantly like surprised and smiling throughout the entire movie. Um, as far as the best turtle movies, I haven't seen all the turtle movies, as I mentioned. I think it's a better made film than the original, but I think the original is just so timeless. I still think the original one is the best one. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, just the animatronics and like, it's all so ahead of its time and it's a gritty movie. Yeah. yeah, But it's still like the original is a good mix of the original comics, which were gritty, but then also the fun TV show where you had their personalities being fun, but they were in this like dark setting. Yeah. It is amazing how much that one kind of still holds up when you watch it again. It's because of those animals. I mean, the, the, yeah, the suits were so good. It's tactile. It's real. I think it's just movie magic. It's real, yeah. yeah. That's all. Rugs, what about yeah. you? Where would, What number would you give it? Where would you put this? I would probably also give it a seven and a half. Yeah. And I would also put it maybe second or third in the in the top three mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles movies. Third? Well, I, what would be I, the second one? Well, I kind of have it tied with TMNT. I think that oh. movie is just as it's it feels like... Uh, more like the the movie, like the first movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, April's still intact. Uh, uh, Casey Jones is a bit of a like weakling in that one, but like uh, the story is kind of like weird. It's kind of like um, there's no, I don't think Shredder's in it at all. No, I, don't think. I barely remember so, this one. Yeah, from what I read, it's a 
like a it's kind of a continuation like it's could be a consider the fourth movie like it's part of yeah. that oh. universe and yeah the shredder's now. dead in that in that movie but the foot clan still exists interesting i want to watch that i kind of i need to watch that again because i remember the thing is about that movie is that it's such a like weird enemy like that's not tied to them really right mm. and it's kind of like they're like scooby-doo like they're like they're in the middle of the city they're fighting ninjas and stuff and all of a sudden there's like this the this this foot clan group is after this weird doohickey like like indiana jones or something you know and it just it's just a little weird for me to believe but um i've seen weirder shit but it still was it felt like the turtles it felt like raf was raf and michelangelo was michelangelo and it just felt it felt cool and they did and they have like cool ninja action in it and they have like a nice like rooftop fights and stuff and it was very like much like the first ninja turtles movie in feel so i i don't know i feel like um i like this new movie a lot and but i don't think it's completely you know doing the 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 canon justice and that always bothers me okay okay that's fair i'm going to give it I'm going to give this movie an 8.5. I really enjoyed it. You really liked it. I really liked it. And, uh, man, it's like tied with that original movie because for all. If you play old school hip hop in Rumble, I like mean, it. that's the thing. It had so <laughs> many things that just. If you play old school hip hop and you have uh, sketches on screen. Yeah, it was my artwork come to life. And it reminded me of being fucking 13 again. But like it's so well rounded. So like overall, I feel like it yeah. is the best told story out of all of them. But that first one with those animatronics, you never saw that shit before. It, it's still wild, still holds up. So it's up there with that one. I don't know which one's better. I, they could switch. Uh, I, I think on another note, though, I think we're going through a, like an animation. Absolutely. They're, they're right pushing the, the medium. We're seeing new things. It's not like look at the Pixar movies. They're not really doing well right now. And everything looks the same over there. Right. And the, how many times are you going to tell the same fucking story? That, That's that, why. That is also true. They're struggling. In the meantime, these people are pushing animation into all fun places. So I love the style. I want to see more of this style. But it does. I want to. I need to watch that Batman movie, Batman versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I heard the 2012 show is pretty good, and the 2003 show is pretty good. But then Rise is the most recent one, which that one, the one you did, I don't think that one's very good. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, okay, well, let's find out what some of our listeners thought about the movie in News from the Nation. It's time for News from the Nation. It's time for News from the Nation. <laughs> it stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Oh, you got to check your shorts after that one. Really? Uh, Jamie Robinson, uh, Mr. Throwback Thursday, said post credit setup for part two was the best. Bring me the shredder. Soundtrack was on point two. Annie up by MOP is the perfect song for the fight scene. Annie up. Uh, Jose Barra said, these are not my Ninja Turtles. Old man yelling at Cloud's voice, which is a good thing. I really enjoyed this film. I had a lot of fun. These generation Zertles really did a great job of introducing a new generation of turtles while also paying homage to the stuff that came before. 
The music was amazing. The story was great and relevant. The animation was refreshing. The animation style really surprised me in a great way. Are we in the golden age of animation? This Spider-Verse arcane animes like Demon Slayer are really pushing the boundaries of animation. Yes, we are. I, like I wouldn't turtles. say golden age. I'd say like we're in the like whatever the third age would be or fourth age. It's a, because the there's bronze been a lot of, age. A, yeah, be, yeah, because there's been a lot of good like keep in mind in the early night the disney renaissance age was an age in animation where things got leveled up a bit and then when pixar came around and yeah, did toy yeah. story things got leveled up a bit and now we're just seeing another like leveling up but now it's going back to i forgot about arcane and how fucking beautiful that too, show yeah. is but it's going back to a lot of like hand-drawn look and style as opposed to the polished 3d renders yeah, but if you see it's a trend you know yeah. it's not mm-hmm. like like they're trending this way. Like all the new movies are like, okay, we did this polished yeah. Disney stuff that looks like Frozen and shit to like ten times. Mm-hmm. Now we need to do something because people are sick of looking at all these movies that look the same. Yeah. So now we're trending into this other thing. And Spider Verse kind of led the way. Yeah, I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, it really broke it open. Yeah. But Arcane was kind of doing it yeah. too. And so just, yeah, I mean, there's, there's yeah. a bunch of other films that we haven't even like That's seen true. or mentioned, like Puss in Boots, and there's some other ones. But it's like this. I would describe it as like 3D. Yeah. With also, draw like it's like drawn 3D. Almost, yeah. It feels like. It's like I don't know how to describe it any other. It's way. basically like a filter that they put over it that adds strokes. It's actually I think AI done. Oh, a lot uh-oh. of it. Oh, so, um, uh-oh. no, but this is like. It, this is like not it's not like mid journey. It's built into the animation programs right, that they're right. using. They like gotcha. they, they give you an example, like here's what it looks like, and now apply this to the rest and then, of the Yeah, render. yeah. You basically apply this effect to all the things. They're not I, there are t- times where they go back and redraw stuff and repaint stuff. Right. But like a lot of the a lot of the tweening is probably done like through a uh a software. I read the director, like he talked to the animators and, and 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 Seth Rogen and them, and they were like, "We want you to keep in the imperfections. Like, don't make it too clean. It's okay if it's loose and there's some mistakes because it really added to the thing." And he did not overwork his animators. Apparently, they were very. Uh, they don't. They know what it's like, and they wanted everyone to have a good work life balance. They all said like Seth Rogen has a great work life balance, and he wanted to make sure the same was applied. To them, so they could produce the best work. So, did you did you get like a Seth Rogen intro before the, the movie started? Uh, yes. No, did, I did. Wait, maybe I did. I think I did. Thanks for coming. Like, yeah, thank you yeah, yeah, for yeah. coming. That's like Tom Cruise and McQuarrie did that before. Mission I know. Impossible. I noticed that. No, it's there's a trend. A couple direct. Think, yeah, new People, trend of the director yeah, thanking you. Like, for thanks coming. for coming. We really need this. We really need your money. Thanks for not streaming this. I like turtles. We know. Anyways, okay. All right, kid. <laughs> uh, let's finish up with some what are we watching? Anthony, what are you watching? What do you watch? Uh, no, I haven't really watched any of that. I just want to give a quick plug to that uh, the Disney versus Robin Williams. Oh, thing what? On who did that? Do you know? Uh, I forget. Just If you just put in Disney versus Robin Williams, it's it's basically a 20-minute video from four years ago where they go into like how animation changed, like the okay. voice acting and all that stuff and how he it causes feud and to just before that all, like even before Aladdin like Mer- Little Mermaid and um, Beauty and the Beast yeah great popular movies yeah. n- no big names yeah that's true then Aladdin hits and then, and then from there the, the horses the, the, it was off to the races with big names going into the that is interesting movies. yeah 
And then I think he leaves. Like, yeah, he left Disney and got mad over all that yep. after all that. He did come back, though, eventually. He got, they figured it out. Fucking genius performance in Aladdin. Nobody can top that. That is all time. He's so funny. In that well, movie. he started a whole trend. I mean, it was yeah. him. Uh, freaking Eddie Murphy was. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shrek and Shrek. Sh- the, the donkey, donkey and, yeah. the, and the, the pair. Uh, um, Iago. The, I mean, Mulan. And then uh, what's his name? Iago was by uh, Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah. yeah. It started this whole trend of like comedians doing the side character and yeah and it was so good yeah uh rugs you watch anything interesting i just watched a lot of comedy because i was trying to get myself happy okay. uh so i watched the new mark norman special on netflix okay. a lot of net, all the netflix stuff okay uh that was okay mark norman's got he, he he swung for some some uh raunchy jokes and some like uh uh groaners that were the audience were like, Ugh. <laughs> like so i i gotta give him credit for that uh then i watched like uh back to back two ali wong specials and oh, i've watched ali wong is pretty Dude, fucking she's funny. great i've watched one of those i think i watched the newer one she's that was really funny well i watched the, the for her first one okay. where she talks about oh she's doing first of all for some reason, all of her specials she's pregnant. Like oh like yeah, eight months pregnant. Yes, that's right. And like except for the newest yeah. one, I think. But the first one, she talks about how um, that she walks around sometimes and she sees like housewives yeah. and she's like jealous of them. Yeah. And she said like how like feminism is the worst thing to ever happen because she just wants to be home sleeping <laughs> while everyone else is working. And she goes off and she talks about taking a Chevy like. See, like housewives can shit in their own house and bla- 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 blow ass as loud as they want. Like I have to like hold my shit in, even when I take a shit. I gotta like sque- like you know, squeeze it out so it doesn't make noise. <laughs> She's really funny. She's great on beef. Yeah. Her standups are are great. Yeah. So yeah, that was actually fun. If you haven't seen Ali Wong stuff, uh, go check it out. I saw watch Police Story Three, otherwise known as Supercop. What'd you think? I haven't seen it. It's uh, dude. It's it's very good. It's again another great continuation of this character. And is, do gr- I need to watch? So uh, for the attorney, do I need to watch two to understand uh, three? No, I don't think I so. I don't think so. I might just watch. It's it anyway. the same. It's very loosely tied. It's the same yeah. characters like Uncle Bill and May. Um, but this one introduces uh, Michelle Yeoh as a sidekick. It's fucking. She's great in it. Uh, they got to go undercover, break a guy out of jail. Let me just tell you though, stunt scene wise. What have we talked about in the last few months? Extraction, them landing a helicopter on a moving train. Uh, Tom Cruise in the Mission Impossibles. He's hanging from a helicopter. He's fighting on top of a train. He's jumping a bike onto the top of the train. I'll tell you what. Fucking Jackie Chan did all of this shit in 1992 in this fucking movie. And, yeah. and I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Look at these studs. He is hanging from a ladder from a helicopter. They land a helicopter. He's fighting on top of a moving train. I think Michelle Yeoh actually drove a motorcycle onto a train, like did the jump, jumped on a train. Yeah, there, it's nuts. There's bloopers where Michelle Yeoh, she's supposed to land on this car that's moving in traffic. She bounces off and hits the ground, and there's still traffic coming. Like it's some wild stunt, and it's clearly all him hanging over fucking Hong Kong or wherever they are, these crazy helicopters. They broke his foot. Yeah, it, that that shit is impressive. Shake shattered his foot. Again, yeah, during that. And he kept on filming. He, he had a cast, and they, they painted it to look like a sneaker. That's right. Oh that's the sneaker movie. This is that one. I mean, Tom Cruise is literally just doing Jackie Chan stunts over and over again because he did all that shit in the 90s. 
So oh, yeah, I gotta watch. It. It's very good. I thought it was very good. And again, May gets the fucking shit end of the stick every time. His girlfriend, hilarious. Um, I already talked about Super Mario Brothers movie that is available on Peacock. It's all right. You watch it, you forget it, you move on with your life. What else is on Peacock? I finally checked out Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Heard that's not bad. It's it was a, it was fun. It is not bad. It does. It's in the same continuity as the Bumblebee movie, so it's like set in the nineties. Also, lots of hip hop, like Mama said, knock you out. Uh, uh, Notorious B. All this old school hip hop in this movie. Anthony Ramos is great as the lead, and the story is very simple, straightforward. There's a MacGuffin. It's kind of like uh, Dead Reckoning. There's a key in two parts. They got to find it. Uh, and Unicron is coming to eat the planet, and they just have to find this key and stop Scourge, who's a badass. Um, so it 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 was it was fine. It was actually fun to watch. Uh, Mirage is a fun character. You know, the, they don't explain what the Autobots are doing this whole time. They just suddenly wake up, and then they got to do shit. And the the yeah, the Maximals look good. Optimus Primal. There's some. It's not bad. The action was good. I thought it was okay. Uh, and then, okay. Yeah, I would check it out if you got uh, Peacock. It's on Peacock. And then the last thing, uh, this is a recommendation uh, from Jose Ibarra on our last Discord. There's this TV show called From on MGM Plus. Now it's like Lost, right? Yes. First of all, huge shout out, thank you to Jose Ibarra. He lent me his MGM Plus login. Because he's like, I need somebody else to watch this so I can talk about it. I think you will like it. I watched like, there's two seasons. I watched like four episodes. It sucked me in. It is Lost meets like Walking Dead meets a little Twin Peaks meets a little Shining. Uh, Harold Perrineau from Lost, Walter, is in it. The premise is basically there's this small town, middle American town, and these people are stuck there. They can't leave. And every night they got to go into their house they got to lock their doors, cover up their windows because there's these creatures that come out at night. These creatures look like people, pale people. In fact, they look like people you may know, like your old friend or your grandma. And they, they politely tap on the door and they're like, hi, can you let me in? I'm cold out here. You open the door, they turn into fucking monsters and they disembowel your ass. They, and it's graphic shots of what happens afterwards. People's insides are ripped out. You are dead, right? So. The story follows this family in this RV that everyone this is how everybody gets lost in this town. They're driving on a random road and there's a tree in the road. They can't move the tree. They got to turn around, go the other way. They turn around and they make it into this town and they're like, where's the highway? And the guy's like, it's up on the road. You'll see. And they spend hours. They drive straight. They come back into the town. <laughs> they drive straight again. They come back into the town. So then something happens with another car. They find out what the deal is. They got to make their life there now they realize they're stuck there's some fucking creepy shit there's a little kid who's got like the shining who can see things he's connected to what's going on there's some supernatural things uh and then there's also of course the people and how they react to so do you think that's ever going to get to a place where you understand what's going uh, on you know or no? what? there's two seasons of this show 10 episodes i highly doubt they explain many things but we'll see it has that kind of lost feel where they're just introducing like, oh, here's this weird tree where you throw a fucking thing down and it falls out of the sky. It transports you. Why? I don't know. This creepy mm. guy is drawing pictures of things that he didn't see, but happened. Why? Seems like a huge waste of time. It yeah. very well <laughs> might be similar to Lost, but it's it's well acted. It's the the pacing's good. It, the intrigue, the suspense. There's some fucking disturbing, scary. There's a very horror tinge show with supernatural and mysteries so 
I'm in. And now that he let me borrow his fucking login, I have to watch all two seasons of the show. All right, let me know if it's good. I'll let you know if they actually explain anything. Because while yeah, if they ever get somewhere, I was thinking the same thing while watching this. I'm like, I hope they fucking explain some of this shit at some point. Uh, and I hope it's not like lost. So, but then where does it? Oh, here's the other weird thing about all the people stuck there. They all were driving in different parts of the country. One dude was driving in Kentucky. One dude was in Texas. These people were over here. They all get stopped by the tree, turn around, and end up in this town. So you have no idea where this town is. Is it in this reality, on this plane? Is it an alternate universe? It makes no sense. Oh. So intriguing shit, though. Good world building, good setup. So thanks, Jose, so much. I'm in. I'm fucking watching this thing. Maybe they're at a singular point. I don't know. I don't know why they, why, who are these creatures? Mm. Why, and there's talismans you can use to like protect the house. What are, the, what are those about? I don't know. Should be interesting. So another thing to waste my time with. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm glad you're doing <laughs> I'm that. Enjoying it. All right. That's it for this week. Rugs. Where can the listener find you online? You can find me on X. Exit. That really rug boy. Yeah, X him over there. Go over. Give him some X's link in the, yeah. the episode. I'm getting. I'm getting followers every day. Like they're always like uh, naked girls. Oh, like, well, uh, that's, followers. that's, that's yeah. not bad. Wow. Yeah, my, they want me to. They always say, "Hey, fo- I'm following you now. Can you follow my OnlyFans?" Oh, I'm that's like, the deal. No. Well, I don't have money. At least uh, <laughs> get something to look at there over there. Have you? I think a lot of people have lost followers after the X thing. I heard. Not me. Well, we'll see you on Threads. No, we won't. Anyways, all that and, uh, is in our. Show notes on our website, jockandnerd.com. The most important thing you can do, listener, share the show. Tell a friend. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll beep you next time. Yes. I like turtles. I like turtles. I like turtles. I like turtles. No, but I like turtles. I like turtles. <laughs> All right. Oh, fuck you. I like turtles. Oh. Jock and Nerd. Back here live at the Waterfront Village with my friend, the zombie, Jonathan. You're looking good. Jonathan just got an awesome face paint job. What do you think? I like turtles. All right. You're great zombie. Good times here at the Waterfront Village. Open for the next 11 days.